0: Hey, what's up, guys? We are so excited that you are joining us today. If you're a part of our Grace community, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on social media at the Grace AG on all social outlets. But the best way to connect is to join our online community at live.graceassembly.org. Here, you can connect and engage with other Grace members around the world. So we hope today's message encourages and challenges you. Let's jump right in.
1: Hey, we're in a series uh, on the book of Acts called "The Church Unleashed." You should have received notes when you walked in today. If you didn't receive notes, uh, the QR code on the connect card in front of you will lead you to the message notes if you'd like to follow along here today. But we're studying the book of Acts, and the simple idea is this: is that the church unleashed is the hope of the world. God has a plan to meet people's needs in our community. God has a plan for people who are lost to be found. Anybody know what the plan is? The plan is us, the church of Jesus Christ. How many know it's not about just going to church, it's about being the church of Jesus Christ. And so we are talking about being unleashed as a church to serve and bless and make a difference in our community. And so I've defined it this way that a church unleashed meets needs and shares the gospel wherever we are. A church unleashed meets needs and shares the gospel wherever we are. So we've talked about unleashing compassion, we've talked about unleashing gifts and talents and resources that God has given to us to make a difference in the lives of other people. Last week, Pastor Matias did a great job sharing how we all need to be equipped to unleash the gospel, the plan of salvation to family members and co-workers and and classmates and friends, right? It it can't just be one person on a Sunday morning preaching the gospel. We're all supposed to preach the gospel. So I hope you walked away from last week's message uh, equipped and ready to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. But today... I want to show you that we're supposed to do all of these things, meet needs, share the gospel, we're supposed to do all of these things with the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not asked to do what God wants us to do without, or we're not asked to do it in our own power, we're asked to do it with the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're in the book of Acts, but remember Luke wrote the book of Luke, and he wrote the book of Acts. Volume 1 is Luke, volume 2 is Acts, but they're the same story. So in Luke chapter 24, Jesus said, repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And he says, you are witnesses of these things. So we call this the Great Commission. So Jesus gives all of us. How many know if you're saved, you now have a great commission, which is go into all the world, preach the gospel, and be a witness of all of these things. And then he continues the conversation by saying, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with what? With power from on high. And then same conversation, but it picks it up in Acts chapter 1. Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water. So, just like we rejoice with for me just getting baptized, right? That's baptism in water. But you are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. How many know that's good news? So, Jesus said, Great commission. The gospel is going to be preached to all nations, but it's going to start where you live. He goes, but I want you to go to Jerusalem, I want you to wait for the power and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Well, what's that? Well, the story keeps going. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, you're going to receive what? Power. You're going to receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, Let me me stop for a second and and explain this because it says, be witnesses. Now, back in the olden days, we used to call sharing our faith with somebody else witnessing, right? I'm going to witness to my neighbor. I'm going to witness to my family member. What What does that mean? That means I'm going to share the gospel of Jesus, the plan of salvation, with somebody I love. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, when I was in college, when Gene and I were in college, uh, one of the things that we would do on Friday nights is we would go to Commercial Street in Springfield, Missouri on a street witnessing team. How many know you, you better be prayed up if you're going to go out on the street and just go up to random people and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? So we would call that witnessing or sharing the gospel of Jesus. But I want you to notice that this verse says, not that you will witness, it says that you will be witnesses. Now, a, a witness is somebody that says, I was there. I've experienced this. This is, not, this is not a story that I heard. I am a witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What that means is, something has happened to me. Something has happened in me. I I am not just witnessing, I am a witness. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you the power, not just to witness, not just to share the gospel. I'm going to give you power that your life is going to be a witness of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? And so he says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit it will come upon you. And so here's what happened. So they fought, they obeyed Jesus And they said, okay, we're going to wait in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes, this power that he's talking about. And what happened in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, the Bible says, they all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So this is the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. So all 120 people were gathered there in the upper room. And by the way, they'd been praying. So Jesus has this conversation, Great Commission, go to Jerusalem, wait for the promise of the the Father, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Ten days later is the day of Pentecost, and this is what happened. Now, I've got some really good news. How many of them were filled with the Holy Spirit? All 120 of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happened as a result of that? Acts goes on to say in Acts chapter 8, verse 4, that those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Somebody organized the book of Acts this way. Listen closely. The disciples' prayers go up. The Holy Spirit comes down. The church goes out. Can you follow me with your finger? Everybody hold your finger, right? The disciples' prayer goes up. The Holy Spirit comes down, church goes out. Simple, isn't it? Great commission. Go preach the gospel, repentance, forgiveness of sins, all nations, start where you live. Wait for the promise of the Father. You're going to need some power to do this, to be a witness of Jesus Christ. And then wherever you go, meet people's needs and share the gospel. This is not deep stuff, is it? And can I tell you, the same plan from 2,000 years ago, is the same plan in 2023. We all have received the Great Commission. We all have responsibility to share the gospel of Jesus Christ in our sphere of influence, where we live, where we work, where we play. God says, I've called you to make disciples. You're going to need some power to do that, so get filled with the Holy Spirit. And then, wherever you go meet needs and share the gospel. Now, this is too simple, so I'm going to do it one more time. Go preach the gospel, get filled with the spirit, wherever you go, meet needs and share the gospel. That's, that's the plan, and, that, and that's still the plan that God has for us. Now, okay, so what's this power you speak of, Pastor Wayne? Well, remember, I didn't speak of it. Jesus said it. He said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and the word power... Uh, is a Greek word that is pronounced dunamis, dunamis. Now, and this is the same family of words where we get the word dynamic. So think about this. Jesus said, you're going to receive dynamic power to be a witness. Now, to help explain this word power further... Let's find out what else the Bible says about dunamis. Because the word dunamis is used 117 times in the New Testament. And I'm going to give you a couple examples where the word dunamis is used so that we can all understand when Jesus said you are going to receive power, what's he talking about? Here's an example. In Mark chapter 5, you might remember that there was a woman who was sick for many years. She had an issue with her blood. The Bible says that she pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of Jesus' garment and she was healed. Verse 30 of Mark chapter 5 says, at once after this happened, Jesus realized that power, that's the Greek word dunamis, had gone out from him. I want you to get this. Jesus said, you shall receive dunamis. The same power that went out of Jesus to heal this woman, Jesus said, you will receive. Let me show you another one, okay? In uh, uh, Mark, Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is talking about the end times and the second coming of Jesus Christ. And he says, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with dunamis power... And great glory. How many know when Jesus comes back and the Bible says every eye is going to see him, that's going to be pretty powerful. That's going to be a pretty powerful experience, pretty powerful thing to be part of. And the Bible says that's dunamis. And Jesus said, you shall receive dunamis. We should get excited that God has something that he wants to give to us and it's called real power. And this is the power that God wants us to have through the Holy Spirit. Now, let me make it super clear, if I've not made it simple enough here today, that God's plan is for every believer in Jesus, every follower of Jesus, be filled with the power, the dunamis of God. Who, me? Yes, you. You and me. God's plans is for all of us to be filled with the power of God. And some people get hung up on the phrase, baptism in the Holy Spirit. So let me explain it to you. Being baptized with the Holy Spirit is when a person who is already a believer receives extraordinary spiritual power to be a witness to other people. I want to say that one more time. Being baptized with the Holy Spirit is when a person, how many persons are here today? Some of you aren't sure. We have to talk about some cultural issues, I guess. Right? It's when a person who is already a believer receives extraordinary spiritual power to be a witness to other people. And let's be honest. All of us need spiritual power. Including me. So, uh, two simple questions for you here today. Why do I need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, the simple answer is because Jesus said we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But the reality is because our salvation comes with a commission the Great Commission. Our sanctification comes with an assignment. We all have an assignment that we're supposed to do. You have an assignment from the Lord, I have an assignment from the Lord. The gospel should be preached through our lives and through our words. Are you with me? And he says, you're going to need some power to do that. Now, why is that? I don't know if you've noticed. Here's my opinion. Is it getting easier or more difficult to live for Jesus in this culture? It's becoming more and more challenging. And the reason is, reason is listen closely, is because the spirit of Antichrist is growing. What what in the world kind of craziness is going on in our culture? Why why are people believing things that are just insanity? Can I tell you the reason is because the Bible says that Antichrist is not just a person, he's also a spirit. And matter of fact, in the New Testament, Paul said that the spirit of Antichrist is already present. And here's what I believe: that the closer we get to the return of Jesus, the more the spirit of Antichrist is going to begin to grow. That's the only way you can explain the sheer insanity that's going on in people's minds and hearts. And so as we get closer and closer to the return of Jesus, we're going to need more and more of God's power. And aren't you glad that the Bible says, also in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, the same spirit that God gave to the disciples on the day of Pentecost. He is still giving us and will give to us in the last days because how many know Jesus Christ is not coming back for a drug through the mud, limping along, namby-pamby, kissy-boo, huggy-bear church. No, the Bible says he's coming back for a glorious church. Somebody give God praise if you believe that that is true. Somebody said it this way, is that we need all of God to do all that God has called us to do. Let me say it again. We need all of God to do all that God has called us to do. And remember, he doesn't expect us to do what we're supposed to do in our own power. He says, I'm going to give you power. Now, let me illustrate it to you this way. Um, Yesterday, on Serve Day... Uh, I volunteered to be the gopher. So one of my jobs was to make sure people had what they needed, okay? And how many know when you have a truck, you get to be the gopher a lot? All the truck people said amen. I love it. I love it. All right? So one of the things they needed at at the elementary school uh, was a power drill, because uh, how many know they could have used something like this, right, a regular screwdriver? You know, and it would have done the job because it's the right tool for the job. But it would have taken them longer, right? And it w- they would have had to rely on their own power. So I went and got them this. All right? Now, this did the same job as this. It just did it a little bit faster, maybe a little bit better. What's the difference between this and this? One word. Power. Okay? And so God, listen, a lot of us are trying to do what God is requiring of, what God is commanding us to do, and we're trying to do it in our own strength. We can do it, but it's, it's not supposed to be that hard. He says, would you let me help you? You shall receive power. Power. Now, why does this thing have power? Because it has a battery that has been attached to this. And this has been attached to my wall, which is the source of the power. Are you with me here today? Jesus said you're going to receive power, not from yourself. You're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your power source. And so this is the power that God wants all of us to have. Somebody say amen if you believe that that is true. Now why do, why do we need power? Because Jesus said and for, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3 verse 8 that this for this purpose the son of God was manifested that he might hold off the works of the devil. That he might help us Hold on until the works of the devil are done. Is that what it says? I'm glad that's not what it says. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might do what? Destroy the works of the devil. Jesus said, You're going to need power not just to hold on, you're going to need power not just to play defense, you're going to need power because your commission is to destroy the works of the devil. Can I tell you that in these last days, in the days and age that you and I are living in, God is not looking for a fortress church who is trying to protect everything that we have and trying to guard everything that we have. No, God is looking for an unleashed church who will be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and will go out and destroy the works of the devil. That's what he wants for all of us. Now, I don't know about you, but I think think darkness is increasing in our culture. Darkness is growing. You can feel it. You can see the manifestations of it in our screens and, and music and the things we entertain ourselves with and the things that people are becoming entangled in. We are opening doors all over the place to spiritual darkness, and it's as if hell is vomiting on all of us. I know Tracy and I can testify that in the last season, it feels like all of hell has just been assigned against us. And I know there are a lot of other people that feel like, you know, you're under attack and that the enemy is coming against you. What do you do? What do you do? We need power from the Holy Spirit to destroy the works of the devil. Somebody say amen. Now, okay, so we know why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, because we need power. So how do I get filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, aren't you glad that when Jesus gave the Great Commission, he didn't say, go wait till Jerusalem and uh, wait for more uh, doctrinal teaching. He says, go into Jerusalem, and I want you to read a book called Ten Ways to Start the Church of Jesus Christ. That's not what he said. He said, I want you to go to Jerusalem, And I want you to wait for the power. How do I get filled with the Holy Spirit? Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, watch this, will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who do what? This is so simple. Churches make it so hard. And and people make it so difficult. That to be filled with the Holy Spirit only requires one thing. Just ask. And Jesus is saying, listen, God, listen closely. God is your dad. He's your father. And he loves you. And if you ask him... Or the Holy Spirit, He's not going to say psych. Do people still say psych? Yes. They do? Everybody my age says yes. Anybody under my age, do they still say psych? I got one, praise God, over here, all right? It doesn't say, hey, you know, I'm going to trick you. You're going to ask for the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to give you something else. Can I, can I just encourage anybody who's had that background of teaching? That is not. This is exactly what Jesus is saying. He's saying, hey, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, God's not going to trick you into something else. That's what he's going to give you. He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. And all you have to do is ask. What does does asking look like? What does asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit look like? It looks like prayer. Prayer. Jesus gives the disciples the great commission, and the Bible says that they go to Jerusalem and they go into this upper room. And by the way, I've been to the upper room there in Jerusalem. It's a pretty powerful experience to be part of. But the Bible says they all continued with one accord in prayer and in supplication. And it goes on to say that there were women there, the Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brother. So you got 120 disciples and what are they doing? What are they doing there? They're praying. Now on the day that Jesus gave the great commission and he ascends to heaven and then the day of Pentecost, there's a 10 day separation. So literally they have been praying together for 10 days. And what happened at the end of those 10 days, Acts chapter two, verse four says, they were all, filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think this is a powerful spiritual principle because if we're gonna be filled with the Holy Spirit, we need to intentionally make space and time to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Another way of saying that is I gotta make sure that my battery is plugged into the source. There have been a few times in my life I go out to the garage because I needed my drill for something you know, and I grab the drill, and it's dead, and the battery's dead. Why? Because it wasn't attached to the source. And I think for some of us as Christians, we tr- we go to try out. Oh, Pastor, I want to do what God says, and I want to be an overcomer, and I want to live a holy life, and and I want to share the gospel with other people. But we we try to do these in our own power. It's like that dead screwdriver. And the reason is because we can't do it without the power. Of God. And so this is super simple. More prayer is more power. More prayer is more power. If 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 as a church we want people to experience the power of God in our church and in our services, how many know that's only gonna happen is if as a church we make a commitment to create space and time to seek the Lord. It's called prayer. Our prayer services, we got to take our prayer services a little more seriously. Good preaching, amen. If we want the power of God to flow through us into other people, and next week we're going to talk about the spiritual gifts and how God wants to unleash spiritual gifts through us so that people can experience the power of God, then the only way that's going to happen is if I create space and time in my life to seek the Lord and get filled with his power. Otherwise, otherwise in, in another way of saying it, is it stay connected to the power source. That's how the power happens. It really is that simple. We just got to make space and time for it to happen. M- can I tell you that? That's one of the reasons that uh, camp is such a great experience for our students and our kids. More students and, ca- and kids get baptized in the Holy Spirit at camp than any other place. Why is that? Because they're not doing anything else. That's what they're there for, is to meet with God. And all the other stuff is put to the side. And because they create space and time, God moves in their hearts. Can I tell you, it's the same way with us. If we will intentionally make room and space and time to get connected to the power source, the result will be the power of God begins to grow in us and unleashed through us. That's God's heart. That's what God wants us. For, for all of us. And, and I, think if, I think a good way to describe the baptism in the Holy Spirit is this. It's simply a deepening of my relationship with the Holy Spirit. Remember, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And he was talking about the Holy Spirit. That's what the scripture says. And what that picture means that Jesus created, he says, I don't want you to be just a reservoir. Holy Spirit, fill me from me. Holy Spirit, help me and me and me and me. The goal of being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just for us. How many know it helps us and it's powerful? But the goal of the, of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is that the Spirit of God flows through us. And out of our bellies flow rivers of living water. So, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is simply an overflow of a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, I know there's some of you that this is brand new to you, so let me just give you a few foundational thoughts. Remember that the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not a thing, the Holy Spirit is not an it, the Holy Spirit is not the force, the Holy Spirit is not a superpower. He is a person. The Bible says you can offend him. The Bible says you can, you can grieve him, all right? So he, the Holy Spirit is a person, and which means I can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is good news. But the Holy Spirit is also God, that he's one of the triune persons of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So he's not like the junior God or, or, or God be. He is God, and that's pretty awesome. And then the Holy Spirit Watch this. He's my friend. Jesus called him the helper, which means the Holy Spirit's, the, it's not the Holy Spirit's job to make you feel bad and pound you on the head every time you do something bad. No, he's your friend. He'll convict you because he wants you to be like Jesus. He wants you to be an overcomer. Are you getting this today? You can trust the Holy Spirit. And I know some of you are like, well, Pastor, you know, every time, you know, I've been to a church and they talk about the Holy Spirit, it just gets weird. I want to remind you this. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's God. He's my friend. In fact, I want to show you that God doesn't want us to just be filled with the Holy Spirit one time. He wants us to be filled again and again and again. Let me show you this in the book of Acts. In uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 31... The Bible says that Peter and John had been preaching about Jesus, witnessing, being a witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They get in trouble, they get arrested, they get threatened and all of this. And so they released them under the saying, hey, stop preaching about Jesus. So as a result of that, the Bible says that when they had did what? They took that battery charger, stuck it in the wall, they prayed. The place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all, say it with me, filled with the Holy Spirit. Time out. I thought Peter and John were in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. They already were filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, they were. And here we are, two chapters later, they're getting filled again. I'm trying to tell you something. If the disciples, the original 120, needed to get filled again and again, how much more do you and I need to be continually filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? I don't know about you, but I leak the power, right? I leak. And if it's going to flow out of me, it's got to continually come in me so that it can go through me. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time spiritual experience. It is an ever-deepening relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want you to get this. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is not a one-time experience. It is an ever-deepening relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's what God wants for all of us. Now, I was, I think I was, I was 14 years old when I was first filled with the Holy Spirit and prayed in other times, first time. But that wasn't the last time. There have been many, 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 many times in services and my own prayer time and different things, I was filled again and again and again. Why? Because God's plan is for me to stay filled with the Holy Spirit, so that I continue to let the Spirit of God to be unleashed through me, not just to witness, but to be a witness. I hope you're getting this today. Who's this for, Pastor? It's for you. It's for you. It's for you. I'm sure there's a lot of people. Stand with me, if you would, if you don't mind. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would agree with me that it feels as if all of hell has been unleashed against you, against your family, against you, the people you love. Is there anybody here that can testify and say, you know what, pastor, that actually describes just how I feel? Raise your hand real high. It feels as if I'm under attack. Keep it up for just a moment because I want people to look around and recognize, number one, you are not alone. But how many know this is what it feels like. It feels like darkness is just trying to do their best to overwhelm us. You can put your hands down. How many here today would say, you know what, Pastor Wayne, I agree with you. I agree that God wants me to be filled with the Spirit and that I Need more of God's power than I have right now? I want you to hear what I'm asking you. How many of you can testify that I need more of God's power in my life than I do right now? Amen. am we'll ask one more question before we pray. How many of you might say, right, in my life, it's, it's actually more than that. I need deliverance. I need need Jesus to destroy the works of the devil in my life. Maybe you're the one that has opened the door to darkness or something has happened to you or in you and you're in a message and you're in a service like this today. God's spirit is moving and there's some sort of resistance. There's this this thing going on and, and maybe, just maybe, you just need to be delivered today. I've got some really good news. Greater is he... That is in us Than he that is in the world And God's power is greater than any power Greater than any generational curse Greater than any word That's been spoken over you Greater than any lie that the devil has tried To feed to you He can deliver you, he can set you free But is there anybody here today Say, Pastor, that's me Thank you for those hands. If you raise your hand today for any of these reasons, would you join me up front and let's ask for the power of God. Come on. Everybody who raised your hand.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to the Grace Assembly of God podcast so you're up to date on all sermons. Also, if you want more grace content, make sure you subscribe to the Deeper Grace Podcast, where Pastor Wayne will dive deeper into his most recent message. Have a great week, and God bless.